Oh yeah, we have an official apology to make. <laughs> okay, Ellen. yeah. All I right. want to apologize really quickly for saying that Henry Cavill wasn't hot on The Witcher. <laughs> because he is. I can't believe I didn't see it in the commercials. I was like, oh, I'm not that into it, but the show looks fun. Then I watched the show and I was like, oh my god, I want to date like everyone in this cast, especially Henry Cavill. My knees and elbows. Should a I lot. ASMR my ankle that cracks? No. I don't know if it does it anyway. Wait. <laughs> I did not mean to feel your toes. If Granny hates two things, it's reproduction and toes. Oh yeah, Ellen doesn't let me watch any movies that have too much to do with birth because it grosses me out. And you know what? I like that. Wonder Wombs, the female circus. There's a reason I don't watch Breaking Dawn Part Two very often. The birth that's is the reason. That's the only reason the I don't birth. watch Twilight Five that the often. Bri- the break. The birth is in Breaking Down Part One. That's how it ends. I black that out. Obviously, I don't watch Twilight once a month. Hmm. Who would? Who would? Huh. Hmm. Wonder who. Wonder who would do that. Actually, I haven't watched Twilight in a really long time. It's been like three months. It's been a few months. Mm-hmm. I've been too busy with other Robert Pattinson-centered content, like The Lighthouse. Yeah. And um, our group chat on Twitter, where we send each other photos of him. The Robert Pattinson fan club. Yeah. And also the tutors. Not that he's in that. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine if he guest stars Both as like a 14-year-old like page boy. Keep your eyes out in the background. Robert Pattinson's in there somewhere. I'm just going to say it. If he had guest starred, or not even guest starred, he, wouldn't, he wasn't a guest at that point. If he uncredited had been extra. an uncredited extra, we would know by now. We would know. I'd be well-known about him. It would be like, 10 facts about Robert Pattinson. It's like, he was on the tutors. <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? Yes. Okay, so uh, this is two additional Belen girls, where me and Ellen, I'm Grania. I'm Ellen. Uh, watch the tutors and then talk about it. In 2020, no longer 2019. Our tagline has changed. It premiered in 2007. 2007. That, this episode, I looked it up today, I don't know why, but I did. It premiered in April, on April 15th of 2007. And it was like, Bush was president. And I'm like, he sure was. <laughs> Oh, was he ever? Was he ever? Okay, this week, what happened? Akon was topping the charts. Oh. At the time. On the Tudors, okay. In the Tudors, Sir Akon. <laughs> Wasn't, no. What was that one? At the time, he was Sir Lonely. <laughs> what was that one? Sorry, Blame It On Me. That was a tough song. We used to listen to Akon all the time when I worked at Oak and Fort. That album was really, really good. The album with Sorry, Blame It On Me? The album, whatever the big smack that. No, the one before dangerous. The, the, maybe it's called dangerous. It's like oh, the album's called Convict. Yeah, yeah. Is smack that on it? I want to love you. I want to fuck you. That's the same song. One of them's for the radio. Mm-hmm. But this I is the one where like Mr. Yeah, but Mr. Lonely was on this album. I feel like that was his next. No, album. I think that might have been the same album as. All right, googling Acon albums. Acon discography. Uh, okay, so we had Trouble. Which released in two thousand four, convicted with a K. That's the one I'm. Okay, what of. is the track list of convicted? Okay, because mm-hmm. I feel like that was pre smack that. 
This is the album cover. It's he's wearing the, uh, the orange velvet shirt. jacket and the yeah, yellow yeah, yeah. sweater. Then Smack That was on that one, I think. It was on that one. Yeah. Okay, Smack That is the first song. Okay. I Wanna Love You is the second one. Don't Matter is the third song. Mama oh, Africa, that song bangs. Sorry, Blame It On Me. I can't. Those are, he had six singles? Yeah, this was a great okay. album. Sorry, Blame It On Me, where he apologized for dancing Shakedown, with the girl. Shake Down, Blow Away, Smack Shake That. Down. I Wanna Love You, The Rain, Never Took the Time, Mama Africa, I Can't Wait, featuring T-Pain, Gangsta Bop. Tired of running, once in a while, don't matter. All bops, Wow, honestly. I remember Shakedown was really big at my elementary school. I'm not going to name drop them because they're not worthwhile, but like a lot of people you guys would remember from high school loved the Shakedown. <laughs> so everyone in our histories are either friends of the pod or dead to us. <laughs> yeah, we either dox them, call them stupid, or we don't even name them. Oh yeah, we have an official apology to make. Ellen, you have okay. an actual apology to make. What's on the apology? It's a correction. Branton knew that Henry VIII was real. He didn't know that the Tudors were real, like a real family, and that he didn't know that Henry VIII's last name was Tudor. Okay, that's fair. And so he didn't think that the show we were watching was a like historical fiction. He thought it okay. was just like a, a fake history show about okay. like an English king so, like, who lived in like medieval times. Okay, fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. That's fair. To him, to him, like, Henry VIII, like, even if it was, like, oh, yeah, Henry VIII existed, the Henry VIII and the two, it's almost like, like, an exaggerated version of, like, and, and I know Brandon wasn't thinking this whenever he said it, but, like, you know, Henry V in Shakespeare is not that similar to Henry V yeah. in real life. Unfortunately. You know well, what? I'm coming around to both. Okay. This is the thing. We forget how much we know about mm-hmm. monarchy, and so we're like, oh my god, how could someone not know that Henry VIII's last name is Tudor? How could someone not know that like, Henry VII's stepmother was married to him? <laughs> and so, say, when the you're like, only royals whose last name we know are Tudor, and the current ones are Windsor? Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, you know... Well, technically the new one's name should change when the queen dies, but Charles already said he's not going to do that. Yeah. What would he change it to? Mountbatten. Oh, that'd be so gross. Because okay. you're supposed to change after there's a queen. Yeah. Her son or whoever, the next yeah. man takes on his father's name. So that's why, like, Queen Victoria was the last, like, of her house. Yeah. Whatever that was. The Georges. There were just a sh- bunch of Georges. But what was the house name? I don't know, but the next one was the German one, like, Saxe Yeah. Because that's where uh, yeah. Alpha oh, was that? It was. What's going on, Georges? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Georges? <laughs> Um, I forget her last name, but it's, I think it's something to do with H. Queen Victoria last name. Oh my god, I just opened it up to John's. Sexy Queen Victoria last name. No. I'm just looking at Queen Victoria. It'll be on her Wikipedia page. Yeah, because, like, like, Henry, like, all of the, like, War of the Roses were Plantagenets. Even Plantagenets. Henry the second. her last name? Hanover. She was House Hanover. Hanover. H. Henry II was a Plantagenet, and it lasted from, like, the 1100s until Richard III. Where is that name from? I don't know, the 1100s. Is I think it was like French. It was something, there was some sort of, like, French and other thing, yeah. maybe, like, Flemish as well that came in. And then don't worry, I'm on all it. of the War of the Roses people, like, some of them were Yorkists because they were descended from someone who was Duke of York, and some of them were... And it's not actually... It's not because they were from York or Lancashire. Anyway. It's from France. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, oh, and it broke off the two can, 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 Contagenets. 
We're still in the edit pause, so it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to figure out how to get this. <laughs> the Plantagenet house breaks off two of them. They're both Lancaster and York. Yeah. And then once Richard III is killed by Henry the, VII, they the Plantagenets the, are done and the Tudors start. But the the they made the, <laughs> they made the Magna Carta. Magna Carta. Yeah, Henry II does that, right? Oh, no, is that Henry III? That's like the one notable thing Henry III does. All of the Henrys do something notable. Ex- I guess Henry VII makes the Tudors a thing, but all of the Henrys are like notable kings. How about Henry VI? He literally just fucking sucked so much that the War of the Roses kept happening. He was also king twice. How's he, that? He was deposed by Edward IV, and then they were like, mm, no, bring back Henry VI. Psych. <laughs> psych? Please say psych. Yeah. And then he, he just sort of sucked. He was kind of just like chilling the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Henry VI is memorable because he sucked. But everyone else, uh, as opposed to Henry VIII, who's memorable because he was good. Notable good man in history. Feminist. They should have made him Henry VII when he was king again. So he was king twice. Yeah. The first time he was Henry VI. And the one we're talking about on the Tudors is now Henry the Ninth. Well, well, anyway, speaking of the real King Henry the Ninth, Big news, he doesn't exist anymore. Big news, he doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Hope that high five was picked up by the camera. No, I'm going to edit one in. I'm very <laughs> excited because it's good when some monarchs realize that they shouldn't exist. Barista Harry. Yeah. Rightly so. He can just be Hal now. He can just be He's Hal for life. The only way Henry V could be sexier is if he'd done this. Henry VI? Henry V. If he'd become a barista. You know that, like, <laughs> video of someone making latte art in a pot in a little hole in the ground? <laughs> That's from the Battle of Agincourt. <laughs> All the mud. It's, like, actually in the French soldier's, like, gaping wound. It's in the arrow wound in the side of Henry I'm doing a latte for Henry V's gaping hole. <laughs> My latte art is in the shape of a horse. <laughs> No, three lions. <laughs> For England. For king and country. <laughs> anyway. Okay, sorry. Very king- good of Meghan and Henry to go, the monarchy's bad. King and country. Yes. I don't know why I thought of this, but I thought of um, Steve Coogan again. Okay. <laughs> we were just talking about this before going It's because I think he says for queen and country. country. In the trip. In the trip, whenever he's impersonating James Bond every five minutes. Yes. Um, Steve Coogan has a new movie coming mm-hmm. out. It's called Greed. He plays plays a man who owns a fast, fast fashion chain, and he has fake teeth. Comedy? Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Steve Coogan in a drama. Please. Uh, you haven't seen Philomena. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> we have not talked about the tutors yet. Come, come, come Mr. Bond. When I kill child... <laughs> Slaves on a factory line, I do it for Queen and Country. Come, come, Mr. Bond. Come, come, Mr. Bond. Come, come, Mr. Bond. Oh my god, I saw the trailer for that new Guy Ritchie movie before 1917 this week. Okay, what's the new Guy Ritchie movie? I don't remember what it's called. Is that the deeply offensive one starring uh, the guy from um, Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henry Henry Golding? Yeah, Henry Golding. Very handsome. Okay, what'd he do? No, he didn't do anything. Okay. Hugh Grant does this, like, accent that sounds like Michael Caine, but it sounds like you guys doing an impersonation of Michael (laughs) Caine. (laughs) Why do we do an impersonation of Michael Caine? Like, when do we do that? We did that because of the trip. Yeah, but, like, like, what do we say when we do it? Because I know we've done it many times. Um, This is how Michael Caine speaks. Michael Caine. 
speaks through his nose like that. He gets very, very specific. It's very like that. When it gets loudly, it gets very loud indeed. It gets very specific. It's not quite nasal enough the way you're doing it, all right? You're not doing it the way he speaks. You're not doing it with the kind of... And you don't do the broken voice when it gets very emotional. When it gets very emotional indeed. She was only 16 years old. She was only 16 You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. That's my I don't remember. I, maybe, maybe right after we watched the trip, we did that a yeah. lot. But I don't think I could do it now. She was on. I can't do it. Like just I just make sure I don't scream again. My neighbor is going to be like, "Stop doing the Michael Caine." <laughs> I hope Ellen gets evicted because of our Michael Caine impression. Okay, so let's talk about the tutors. Um, first of all, we all watched it together this week uh, without talking that much. We did say a couple things, but that's fine. Um, things were the best thing that happened was um, Ellen tried to find the episode on CBC Gem, and she thinks I'm about to roast her for not being able to spell tutor, but that's not what I was going to do. When she, we're going to do that. <laughs> when, she, when she searched tutor, uh, the first thing that came up was not the tutors; it was the tutor episode of the Great British Bake Off, which we have to watch now. Yeah. We do have to yeah, watch it. So yeah. future plans. To, uh, if you're trying to follow along on CBC Gem. To find the tutors, you have to fully write out the tutors, and then it will show up. Because if you just start writing anything else until you get to the full word, the tutors does not come up as a suggestion. Mm-hmm. You have to write the entire Only word. Only get the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. So. Um, and we Plus, only had four ads this time. It was really great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had broken my CBC gem. Broken it. Hacked. I'd hacked my CBC gem, so it wasn't giving me ads, even though I didn't try the free trial, and it started giving me ads again. Mine kind of comes and goes. Sometimes I get... 12 ads per episode. Sometimes I get four. Sometimes I get none. It's always a toss-up. That's why we love CBC Gem. If you have an ad blocker on, uh, you still get ads, but it's just nothing. I have three ad blockers, and I still I get the Tylenol sounds, but not the visuals. I have three different ad blockers installed. I have zero ad blockers. Because I thought they kept uninstalling, so I kept reinstalling one, but it was a new one each time. I'm fine with participating in capitalism. So the theme of this episode... (laughs) The theme of this episode was being a bad father. I was going to say it was theatrics. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Yep, that's true. You, actually, yeah, Ellen is probably more correct than me. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> really quick plot summary. Uh, Henry is betraying France, who he just signed a peace treaty with, and instead going to sign a peace treaty mm-hmm. with Spain and the Emperor Charles, who he is going to marry to his very small daughter. Yes. Um, who's like his like second cousin or cousin or something. It's but like his whatever. wife's nephew. Yeah. So it's Henry's wife's nephew who's going to marry Henry's daughter. But he's like 30. He's 30. The girl is like six. Yeah. Maybe. The girl, Mary. Mary. Bloody Mary is like five. The five, Catholic. Six. Yeah. Um, Famously Catholic. Ooh, was she ever? <laughs> um they are inviting all these Spanish envoys in. They're going to put on a little show for them, which we will definitely get into. Um, and the other plot points, uh, Thomas Boleyn is really excited about getting his daughter into bed with the king. Yeah. We're going to get into that as well because bad father, whoa. Yeah. And then the other thing that happened was uh, Charles Brandon, Henry Cavill, has been made the Duke of Suffolk. Yeah. Which is cool for him. All of his friends are jealous. They're and not his friends. They're not his friends. His they're, peers. His peers are jealous. His peers at court. 
and um and colleagues he is going to escort king henry's beautiful sister to her ugly old husband in portugal in portugal and um we'll see what happens there and then the other thing that the only other thing that i can remember happening is cardinal wolseley arrested a man for spying for france but we don't know if he was actually spying for france because France was like, whoa, fuck you, King Henry. And King Henry was like, how'd they know? And Cardinal Wolsey was like, this dude. It was him. Mm. Mr. Pace? Henry. Uh, Henry. Maddie wasn't paying attention during the episodes, so he doesn't know who I'm talking about. I remember that part. Oh, a really exciting part about this. I'm just going to jump into it. We yeah, touch let's on do it. it. Yeah. So we see the first appearance of the ship, the Mary Rose. Yes. Can you elaborate on why you care about okay. that? So the Mary Rose was a real ship. Yep. Famously sunk. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Famously sunk, and it's like historians' like favorite thing in the entire world because it sunk, and like everything that was on the ship is like maintained at the bottom of the ocean. So they were able to pull like a whole bunch of like wood out of it to like find out what oh. type of wood was burned, and like all these different like fabrics and had all this like trading goods on it. So they're like, oh, what type of things would be on a ship? And it's like really interesting to see things that normally would have been like thrown out or like used mm. like wood and then like what type of timber they used and all that type of stuff why was it preserved so was it just a really salty part of the ocean just the salt water and it was like it wasn't in any like currents or anything um so but they, they talk about up. it they talk about it a lot in uh how to be a tutor oh cool okay They're like more evidence pulled from the mary rose oh yeah there you go okay so it's a big deal but he's like this is my crowning glory my best ship and i'm like oh famously it sinks <laughs> yeah it's like everyone being like he's a great husband <laughs> everyone being like Titanic, unsinkable ship. It's like him dressing up as honesty in the play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. and Anne was what's it? Perseverance. So scream. They put on this play to impress the Spanish envoys. I don't think the Spanish people were there yet. No, they okay. were. The two. The they two definitely. Were there. So they were the ones asking questions for the first rehearsal scene that we get, which opens the episode. No one's there except for the director, who's very mad. He reminds me of the man, okay, I'm going to make a very local reference here, but I'm going to guess like 80% of our listeners are from Vancouver. Um, there's a Shakespeare festival every year, Bard on the Beach. It's where they perform Shakespeare and you're by the ocean. And the man who runs it, I want to say his name's Peter, I don't know. He comes out after most performances and like thanks you for being there and is like, you know, thanks we love Shakespeare. Today. Yeah, like yeah. we love Shakespeare and it's sweet of him. The man directing the play literally just, like, is the same man, in my mind. Well, it was produced by CBC, so maybe CBC is, like, the iconic... (laughs) The iconic Peter from the Vancouver Shakespeare (laughs) Festival. Um, So... So they're rehearsing the play. They're rehearsing the play. The rehearsal of the play is, like, whatever. It's not going well. But then they actually do the play for the Spanish people. And all of these women are dressed in white, and they represent, like, virtue and honesty and perseverance, played by Anne Anne Boleyn. And, um... And then all these men come in and they represent other things like honesty and, you know. Manly virtues. Manly virtues. And then they rush in and save these women and then they all dance together. And my favorite part of the scene, and I'm going to jump right in and say it's my favorite look of the episode, is oh. what the men are wearing. The men in the men's black outfits. Yeah, they're wearing like tank tops, velvety tank top kind of things, mm-hmm. doublet things. I don't know, vests. Doublet is the right word. Yeah. And then, like, little, like, pantaloon short things. Then, like, Beetlejuice tights. Yes! And then thigh-high boots. <laughs> and it's just amazing. <laughs> and they're all wearing, like, little gold masks. And then they all unmask each other. And it's, like, very, like... They are unmasked by the audience. They're unmasked by the audience, and then they all have to dance. And Henry's really upset because he locks eyes with this woman. And he's like, wow, 
She Sexy. is she is so beautiful. Natalie Dormer is so hot, but then he has to dance with his sister instead. Womp womp. And Natalie Dormer gets to dance with Henry Cavill. And there's no way any woman with eyes would dance with Henry Cavill and be like, you know who I want to sleep with? Jonathan Rhys Myers. <laughs> if Jonathan Rhys Myers is the king. I was gonna Even say less so. when they're during the rehearsal, all of them are wearing all the face masks that they're wearing are all Phantom of the Opera style. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So it's not just one person is wearing like the half Phantom of the Opera one, it's like literally everyone is. And then when they actually perform it, they're all wearing normal masquerade masks. Yeah, it's like where they get all those Phantom of the Opera masks. It's what are those used for? It's this weird amateur theater energy where they're all wanna be the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. And they're all there's all like hand painted sets. It's very cute, but it's the King's Court of England doing it. But there's about 10 people in the audience. There's yeah. more actors in the play than there are in the audience. The room is empty. Pretty well, the, the Spanish envoys are definitely there. They're there. Yeah. But there's like... But yeah, there's... Not very many yeah. of them. Can I talk about another Anne Boleyn thing? Oh my God. That's what this podcast is. Okay. When she introduces her, herself, he's like, what's your name? She's like, I'm Anne Boleyn. And I'm just, like, so excited for someone in the show to just refer to her as Anne, which her dad did later in the episode. Because Finally. every other time they've said her name, they're like, this is Anne Boleyn. Actually, what they do is they go, this is Anne. Anne, Anne Boleyn. Boleyn. And she wasn't wearing her necklace at all, so... She wore... And you know what? That was a previously on. Never mind. Okay, because I was going to say, does he design the necklace for her? No, she's worn it before. Oh, that would have been very sexy of him. If... Henry VIII had designed Anne Boleyn's iconic bee necklace. I would have lost my mind. Henry VIII ain't designed shit. He, you know what? He, for all of his faults, he was a really artsy, renaissancey man. That's the kind of shit he would do. That was what he was good at. It was like, what if I like wrote a love letter and designed a necklace? And it's like, if he ran a kingdom better, maybe he'd be, you know, better being a king. But he was good at all the like he was fancy boy stuff. He was bogged down by being a king. He really should have just been a jewelry designer. <laughs> it's like when whoever's talking to the Spanish envoys about Martin Luther taking over. Oh yeah, Lutherism that's a big... in Germany, and they're like, uh, or who is it? Charles Brandon? No, it's um, Thomas More. Yes, is saying, oh, our, our our king is writing a pamphlet. Yeah, and they're like, what? Your king's writing it himself? It's like. Actually, he can write. He was good at that. <laughs> he was good at that. Um, this book is mine, Prince Henry. Did we discuss that on the podcast yet? Yes. Yes? Okay. Well, that was Henry V, wasn't it? No, no that was Henry VIII. VIII. Okay, yeah. We have discussed it. Yeah. He yeah. Fam- well, he wrote, this book is mine, Prince Henry. But he wrote, like, fan letters for the Pope. And then he also... <laughs> I thought you were going to say fan fiction. Oh, <laughs> uh, basically. <laughs> Self-insert YN fanfiction between King Henry. AU where I can get a divorce. <laughs> Speaking of AUs, okay, there's a huge community on Twitter of people who do like Anne Boleyn. Uh, oh King yeah, Henry, they do uh, like role play. And it's, oh my God, so good. It is. Uh, really quickly, I just want to say the other plot point we forgot to mention was uh, Lutherism is a huge deal and they're making yes. a really big point of Henry being like, this is disgusting. Imagine going against the church and it's just like, oh my God. Oh my. And then there's also, they use the D word a couple times in this episode, which is divorce. Someone was like, oh, like, I'll get a divorce. Oh, Anne Boleyn's ex-boyfriend. Break up with your boyfriend. He's a bard. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Tom, or Thomas I was, Wyatt or something. I thought it was her brother at first. Also, yeah, I thought that too. Like... Okay, back to, we're not glossing over that. 
the uh, the Twitter. Well, I thought I just wanted yeah. to get the Lutherism yeah. thing yeah. in first. So I, was... oh, I have one more thing okay, about Invalid's boyfriend. She breaks up with her boyfriend. Invalid's boyfriend looks like the guy from Clockstoppers. Okay, that's it. No, Maddie. Ah! Yeah, he's a poet. She breaks up with her boyfriend. He's a poet, and he's really upset about it. And he's like, "I'll divorce my wife for you." And she's like, "Don't ever speak to me again. I'm gonna go fuck the king." Okay, Maddie. So um, over the last two weeks or so since the last time we recorded, uh, we've been. We found these roleplay accounts on Twitter for tutors-related characters. Uh, I just pulled up my favorite one, which is at uh, LadyAmbolin underscore. Okay. The first tweet is, quote, then there was perseverance, dot, dot, dot. Oh my god, it's and a gif it's from the, the episode, episode where she's wearing her beautiful golden mask and Henry falls in love with her. Okay, so my favorite part about this though, there's these two accounts. The Lady Anne Boleyn roleplay account. Just want to make sure this is clear, we're not cyberbullying, we love these people. Yeah, this is wonderful. Uh, and the best part is, A, they're still active. They're very active. Uh, it's Lady Anne Boleyn, and then her Henry, her at Henry. Regal Charm underscore. And all they do is tweet back and forth at each other extremely horny things. Oh, I love that for them. Do you think they're run by friends? Or these have these people never I met? I hope these met? people have never met. I hope they're like, okay, so like my friend from university was friends with this girl online and they met in a Twilight fanfiction yeah. um, forum. And then I and then grind- followed this girl on Twitter because she tweets about hockey. And... I retweeted her once, and Ari- Ariane, your friend from university, was like, how do you know her? And I was like, I don't know, I just, like, have followed her on Twitter. We're not, like, friends. I just yeah. thought she was funny. And Ariane's like, we used to be friends on a Twilight f- fan forum. <laughs> I'm not going to say this girl's name, because I don't want to out her as a Twilight fan forum person. I am going to say Ariane's name. I don't feel bad about that. All right, so the kind of tweets they're going for, this one, uh, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Hashtag, Women Crush Wednesday, at Lady Anne Boleyn. Thoughts of you fill my mind and heart on this glorious day. I long to know your swollen duckies once again, like I do your soul, which is to be deep inside with thoughts of never coming up or out again. I am your true and loyal servant. Heart emoji, heart emoji. And the attached picture is just her Anne Boleyn titties. <laughs> oh, my, sorry, my name on Twitter is all caps Henry VIII and then in brackets parody. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing. They're all branded as parody accounts. Yes. Yeah. And I, so they tweeted each other uh, with a lot of screen caps from the show. But when they get really horny, they tweeted each other with like modern photo shoot photos. So, like, oh, uh, wow. Here's Natalie Dormer. Oh, wow. Like, like a Marjorie like Turali or a photo, photo shoot. Yeah. Love that for her. Sorry, um, what is what is she used from his modern photographs? Jonathan Rhys Meyers photo shoots from like Bend It Like Beckham. Ugh, oh my god, he's so ugly. This is like a perfume ad. Was he? Is he like an ambassador for any brands? Oh, he was I, definitely like a, probably like a Hugo Boss. I just had a knot in my own hair. I know. <laughs> uh, here's a very sexy photo of, of them together. That, that would make sense. Yeah. 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 A very sexy photo of her, and he's just there in a white shirt. Okay, that's what I wanted to say about this oh, scene. Oh, uh, one more thing. They used that, uh, what's that app called? Like Prisma or something that like puts like filters oh, and yeah, yeah. that kind of make them look painted. 
So they do oh, that hell a yeah. lot. On, like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like portraits. Of them. So it's like, oh, they painted a portrait of Look of at Henry. this beautiful portrait of Henry, and it's like a Facebook. Jonathan Rhys Meyers photo shoot. My dad has a Facebook profile picture with that uh, effect on it. Oh, I think my dad does as well. <laughs> my dad the dog. does not have Facebook, and he would be mad at the thought of having Facebook. Okay. Thoughts and prayers. Oof. I do want to come back to that continually, but Anne Boleyn's hair in that scene where she's breaking up with her boyfriend. I just oh my god, out. it's like a country music I, video. I said her hair is what I draw on my anime adaptations of any like English book. So like my anime Jane Eyre, she has like hair like that. <laughs> yeah, it's and, like very like layered and like very voluminous. And yeah, she's got like big bangs and like big curls. Yeah, and I'm just like that. I'm like my like little Lolita Jane Eyre has that hair. Oh my god. I am disgusted it's by that sentence. how much you've thought about that. Yeah, I was gonna say she looks like a girl. Okay, my, the vibe that I was going for was not anime Jane Eyre. It was, um... <laughs> I sure hope it wasn't. It was, um, it was like, you know, in like, a, like 2000s era, and it could be like a pop punky kind of like Avril Lavigne, or like a country music video, where girls wearing like a gown, and it's like a modern girl being a princess, and so her gown has like... The, sh- the elbows are bare, but she's got, like, the arm sleeves. The... And, like, it's, like, I don't know. Like, the whole outfit was very, like, what if Avril Lavigne thought about a princess dress in the year 2003? And then the hair was kind of, like, what if a country music star thought about princess hair? What's the Taylor Swift music video? Any of them with well, a, she's a princess prince. dress. Princess. Love story. Love story. Very much like that, except with less curls, more volume. The hair is the type of hair a girl would have in a pop punk music video, and she's like the love interest of the pop punk boy. Yeah. Or the all-time low music video where they call all the girls band sluts. Yeah, she is a... Anne Boleyn is a band slut. The thing is, in university, we knew someone who had hair like that constantly, and her name to us was Sex Hair. We did. I still, to this day, don't know her real name. Oh her my name God. is Sex Hair. Well, I mean, yeah, that's... We've been tiptoeing around it. That is what it looked like. I went to university with a girl who always had really, really, like, chunky, crusty-looking curls, and we called her Chow Mein, because her hair looked like Chow Mein noodles. <laughs> But it was also a pun because mane and mane. Okay, Grania. Mane? Mane, like horse mane hair. Okay, Grania, now you bullied someone you went to university with. I don't know her name. Apparently she's really nice. Holy shit. Her hair looked like noodles. Now you bully someone. Um, I'm not going to bully anyone except for my little brother because you said chow mein. I'm just going to out him right now and say that he, um, once me and my sister and him were ordering Chinese food, this was back when I could eat food, and um, he said... And we were like, do you want fried rice or chow mein? And he said, shit, which one? Did he said chow mein. And we're like, okay. So we got the chow mein. And it was there at the table. And he, we offered it to him. He's like, I don't like chow mein. And we're like, why the fuck did you tell us to order it? And he's like, I don't like the smell of fried rice. So he got us to order chow mein because he didn't like the smell of fried rice. Power. Why are you guys looking at me like this is reasonable? <laughs> um... Off topic, I'm so sorry. Granny's wearing CBC socks. Yeah, I'm wearing CBC socks in order of CBC jam. I'm holding them up as if you guys can see them. <laughs> they also uh, match her Canucks t-shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing also a yellow and red and black Canucks t-shirt. I'm actually very matching today. I even have a red sweater. It's not the right color red. It's orange. Today we are celebrating Quinn Hughes getting into the Oscars. Yeah, um, not related to the Tudors, but <laughs> Hi, definitely related to royalty. <laughs> Yeah. And probably to like four people who will listen to this because they're nice to me, not we, because they're interested in the tutors. We gotta keep the hockey Twitter people. Yeah, hey, hockey Twitter, listen up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing an Elias Pettersson shirt in honor of Quinn Hughes 
joining him at the 2019 NHL All-Star Game. There's a very funny tweet I saw from, I believe, at Sports Lesbian Mallory. Very funny follow if you're into sports and being a lesbian. I don't follow her, but I know she's very funny. I do. Love Mal. And she said... Imagine being told that you, I don't know, this is paraphrasing, so it's probably less funny than how she worded it. She's like a teen, so she's very funny with her words. Um, and she said, like, imagine being one of the best hockey players and being told, like, hey, we want to celebrate how good you are. We're going to send you to Missouri in February. February, January. I don't know when it is. Anyway, enough about the NHL All-Star game. Back to... Okay. Um, Back to the tutors. We're going to talk about the tutors. We have to talk about the the Spanish's man, the Spanish man, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. His chin. Oh my God! All of us. Went, mm, that's a chin. So Ellen said he looks like Brandon Flowers from the Killers. Okay. Before we lead into this, I know nothing about history. He, this man, comes up on screen, and I viscerally react <laughs> to the size of his chin, <laughs> and I immediately ask. So is that a prosthetic? Because why would this man have a chin like this? And in response, in the show, he goes, what's not to like about me except my chin? (laughs) And Ellen knows why he has a prosthetic chin. Ellen, please explain. So it's obviously a prosthetic chin because I did a close-up and you can see the line on his face where they added in the chin. Yeah. So It's in front of green screen, too. It's a really tough scene for the visual effects team. (laughs) So, um... The Habsburgs, they were the family that ruled the Holy Roman Empire and eventually became the family, the ruling family of Spain. They were like famously inbred (laughs) and they had something called the Habsburg chin, which you should Google, and it's disgusting. And they have this like awfully deformed chin and mouth due to their inbreeding. And this man has the chin, but, like, it, like, became so deformed and, like, awful that, like, eventually there was, like, a king and he, like, couldn't eat properly mm. and he just, like, l- like, people were, like, ew. Yeah. He's disgusting. But they, like, didn't understand that it was inbreeding, but literally so everyone they else. Married. They're, like, maybe if we keep marrying him maybe to his sister, we'll keep all the those impure genes out. We obviously aren't doing a good enough job of this. The rest of the people in Europe were, like, it's the inbreeding. And they're, like, what could this be? <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, that's why. Anyway, Maddie oh. Googled it. Okay, so I Googled it and immediately found a photo that's like a, well, it's a historical painting. Identical. The chin is insane. Yeah. And then the first recommended search is, does Jay Leno have Habsburg jaw? Oh my God. <laughs> Got him. Oh, uh, actually, while we're like uh, shaming people for how they look, yeah. I did want to say. Are you going to bully your university friends no, for bad hair now? I didn't have friends in university. So, uh, I this was like months ago, but I thought about it whenever we were doing, I don't know, we were recording an episode. I thought about this and I forgot to bring it up. Um, at lunchtime at work, I don't know what to do sometimes. So then I just like read random articles online. And so... I was so concerned you were going to say, I just sit and stare at the wall. <laughs> no, I have a computer at work. I can do, I can do that. Um, and so... There was one on the Guardian website, and it was when, I guess it was, like, probably during the Witcher press tour, so that would be why they were talking to Henry Cavill about stuff. And apparently he auditioned for Bond and was told he was too fat, and then he decided to devote his entire life to being, like, built. And, like, so he got super hot, like, super, like, ripped, and, like, got the part on the Tudors, and, like, that has been his entire calling card since, just being this, like, I mean... Mega ripped. Just super hot... Mm 
conventionally attractive man. And I'm just like, that's so sad. Like, imagine looking like Henry Cavill and being like, wow, better devote my entire life to looking better. Like, I'm going to say it. I don't know what he looked like when he auditioned for Bond. I bet he looked great. I'm going to say he probably wasn't fat. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, made fun of him. They're like, look a little tubby there, Henry. And I'm like, what? Um, Insane. He's like, I'm glad that happened to me. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm really sad for him. But you did get The Witcher out of it. I did get The Witcher out of it, but, like, I'm sad for him. I think that's really stupid. Granny and I were kind of trying to come up with examples yesterday of, like, men who look, like, a lot more handsome with facial hair. Henry Cavill looks good clean-shaven, looks good with a bit of stubble, looks good with a mustache, with a beard, no. But it was, like, one of those things where, like, Henry Cavill looks really handsome clean-shaven, and then we see a picture of him with, like, stubble, we're like, oh. Hmm." It's, like, clean-shaven, it's like, okay, fine, I get it. With stubble, yeah. With a mustache, yeah. With a beard, a full, like, proper Yikes. bushy beard. Absolutely not. Too much. Too much. I can't do it. Can't do it. He uses Instagram like a dad as well. Oh God, it's all like Instagram is so good. really weird selfies. And, like, I've never watched one of the video selfies he posts, but he posts them, like, frequently. And it's, like, him, like, talking to the camera probably about his day. I don't know. Is, and is he the one who's got a photo of him on the stand-up paddleboard? <laughs> Even there's too many videos. I don't recall like who that is. an extremely bad photo of him, I He think. is just, like, such a large man. Yeah, he's like, here I am at the rugby game having a great time. Here I am wearing my Hugo Boss sunglasses, hashtag ad. <laughs> <laughs> so thrilled to be here today. Here's a selfie of me wearing a bad hat with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> the horse also has a braid. I have it up on yeah. my phone right now. I think I don't think that horse is the horse from The Witcher, just to be clear to anyone Genuinely who's watched The Genuinely love this horse, hashtag Hector. Isn't the name of the horse in Mamma Mia too? That is the name of the mom. The name of my horse. (laughs) And also my son, who is animal. Who's also an animal. Yeah, Hector is the horse in Mamma Mia too. Wow. Let's not start talking about Mamma Mia too, because we will not stop. Okay, um The Hector Cinematic Universe. The other one of the really funny parts of this episode was whenever Catherine of Aragon uh whispered to the Spanish envoys, like, do not trust the cardinal. And then they walk in to meet Henry, and he goes immediately, trust everything the Cardinal says, everything he says, I'm saying. And it's just like, oh my god, imagine speaking to your wife. (laughs) Another just random offshoot of this one. Yeah. Not of that topic, of this episode. Okay. They start talking about, like, North America. Mm, And, like, colonialism (laughs) was invented in that moment. Like, there's so much open space. You absolutely must come. This undiscovered land with all these resources. Oh, my God. This is where the future is, guys. (laughs) They talk about the treasures of Montezuma. And my first thought is, it's going to give them all diarrhea. (laughs) I don't get it. Montezuma's revenge revenge. is when you go to Mexico and get diarrhea. Have you never heard that before? I've never heard that before. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's a good saying, though. That's it's funny. It's the I like most that. iconic form of traveler's diarrhea. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. yeah. You know what? We deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The huge part that we haven't talked about yet is the dream sequence. I was literally, that was <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. So um, it's a dream sequence where, like, it's obviously a dream sequence. Uh, King Henry is wearing, like, a, like, silver satin outfit. The shot opens and it's like... Down the hallway is empty. It's it's like, sh- there's a lot of smoke. Shaky cam. That's kind of weird. <laughs> now the dormer's wearing like a yellow and orange, kind of like, it almost looks like, you know those popcorn shirts that stretch? It's that texture. A popcorn I, shirt? I do shirts. know what you're talking about. Those shirts, about. and you'd buy them really, really tiny, and then you could like stretch them out to any size. Popcorn shirt. That's what they're, that, that's what they're called. 
it's the texture. It's like looks like popcorn. I have no idea, but I love this. Anyway, her dress is kind of like that texture. Okay. There's a lot of smoke, as Maddie said. The camera's kind of shaky, and everyone is too happy. So it's everyone. Obvious- it's just Henry and popcorn shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just okay. pulled up a picture of popcorn shirt on Maddie's phone. Okay, we'll post that on Twitter or something. <laughs> no, no, no context. context. <laughs> Two weeks before this episode ends. I'll just post it right now and be like, hey, by the way. Popcorn shirt. Um, anyway, it's obviously a dream sequence. Oh, it's and it's it's just them in this castle. He chases This her. castle. Hampton, Hampton Court. court sorry. <laughs> this court. Um, on one-on-one in this court. <laughs> and um, they're playing doubles, you know? They're not playing doubles. They're specifically doing a singles match. I was making a basketball reference, not a tennis reference. Why the fuck would you do that? One on one. It's bad. You don't go one on one in tennis. I know yeah, you that. Do. Yeah, but it's no one tennis. says that. But no one says one on one about tennis. They say singles about tennis. Okay. They're going 15 love, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Iconic. That was a basketball reference. <laughs> That's Kevin Love. Do you remember the, um, do you remember the... Ellen is like, I have no idea who Kevin Love is. She's like, if he's not married to to a Kardashian, I have no idea who he is. Friend of the pod, Lamar Odom. (laughs) What was the other one? Chris Humphreys? Yeah. Oh my god, she doesn't even know those. (laughs) romance. Tristan Thompson? No, the the other basketball player I know is Blake Griffin. He was on an episode of Broad City. Yeah. He's funny. He's he does guy. comedy. Yeah, he's very funny. You also know Kawhi Leonard, because I talk about him a lot. You yeah. also know Kevin Durant, because the Lil B song, Fuck Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. And Steph Curry. You know Steph Curry? Yeah. We're just naming basketball players now. <laughs> We're going to say what else. Go, no. Okay, no. I said, Kobe? Who? Oh my god, that whole thing. Okay. I didn't even tell you about this. <laughs> so, um, someone at work... Well, someone on... I don't remember where the picture originated, but someone sent me a picture of... No, it was on John's... Instagram. <laughs> okay, you gotta tell everyone. Okay. We can't refer to Instagram celebrities as their first names. Actually, we can just pretend we're friends with this male model. We can't refer to John Hine as an Instagram celebrity either because he's not. John Hine is this guy who's a model and now he's an actor. I don't know what he's doing, but, but he's got mostly, a really cute dog. He's a really cute dog named Ricky and he spends with Phoebe Bridgers and he throws hilarious parties. Anyway, so on his Instagram story, he posted a like Kijiji ad for a... Um, is Kijiji a thing in America? I don't think so. Okay, posted a Craigslist ad. A Craigslist ad, but it wasn't Craigslist. Okay. He, someone put an online posting selling a, like, attachment for, like, a ninja blender um, that had been signed by Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> so, like new. Like new. It said like new. For $7. For $300. <laughs> so then I post it in my group chat at work. <laughs> with my work work friends ellen who works for ninja blenders (laughs) (laughs) and then um one of my colleagues casper is like it says like hi i'd like to return this um blender it's like new except it has some scribbles on it and then we start a bed bath and beyond uh open rp about trying to return this (laughs) (laughs) so there's three of us in this group chat and like casper and i are into it and sid is not into it. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not part of this RP. Like He's in line waiting to return a product yeah. himself. <laughs> so he writes it into the RP and then we're laughing at it. And this other guy I work with like leans over. He's like, what are you guys laughing at? And Sid's like, it will take a hundred years to explain. 
It's true. Anyway, then after work, after we wrap things up, we clock out for the day, I go to Best Buy and there's like a big cutout of Shaq holding a printer. And this is your amazing way of explaining you also know who Shaq is. I also know who Shaq is. Okay, so <laughs> dream sequence, they chase each other around this little hall. He's absolutely obsessed with her. I never got to say my thing about 15 Love. I'm so sorry. Do you remember there's a TV show yeah, on YTV, yeah. Canadian children's programming called 15 Love about teenagers who I, go to a very, very horny tennis academy. I absolutely. never watched it, but I remember wanting to. I remember being like, wow, imagine if I watched YTV. I remember thinking when I was watching, I'm like, this is too racy. If my mom comes in, I have to change the channel. Mm-hmm. And it like was not racy. It yeah. was just with kids. It was with teenagers. So I was like seven and I'm like, oh my God, imagine being 14. Whew. 15. Yeah. Pardon me. 15. I'm 15, love. <laughs> love. Oi. I'm 15, Oi. love. <laughs> 15 bruv. <laughs> Sorry, back to the dream sequence. Um, then One he, day we'll talk about this show. And I'm talking about the tutors. Chases. <laughs> Our next our- podcast is us watching 15 love. <laughs> It's called 15 Bruv. Okay, sorry. Hey guys, welcome back to 15 Bruv, our 15 Love recap show. It's a podcast within a podcast. He chases her into the bedroom. She tells him, not like this, and then says, seduce me. And then she disappears and appears on the other side of the room. Write me poems, love letters. Yeah, so I said, uh, like I said, my notes. Imagine Jonathan Rhys Meyers writing a poem. No, thank you. I think we're going to get it. I think that might be a plot point. Mm-mm. I'm really excited for it. I don't need anyone that angry as Jonathan Reese Myers and that scary to write a poem. What if they were like Ruby Cora po- poems? What if Atticus is Jonathan Reese Myers? <sighs> Atticus is the poet who like wears a mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Jonathan Reese Myers, unmasked. Unmasked. How long has he been masked for? Who fucking knows? Is he alive now? I don't know who this is. I think is. so. Yeah, he's like... He writes like modern he writes like poetry. poems like that. Yeah. I wrote a um, grocery list this week because I had to go to Shoppers. I didn't make a post on Ellen Goes to Shoppers because mm-hmm. mm, whatever. Anyway, my, it said milk and batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I went... I was fully charged, but you offered a plug. <laughs> okay. Um, My tea was black, like your heart. Yeah. Milk and batteries. Milk and batteries. Um, so then he opens the door. Oh, he, he, yeah, she disappears. And then he opens the door. We get this... Like, almost like subliminal message level of quick shot of Anne Boleyn naked. And then he wakes up like, oh my god, I, I have to write writing, a poem. I didn't see that. What? <laughs> I was writing, I didn't see it. Oh my I god. I also did not see What are you talking about? <laughs> Can you imagine it? Please write in if you saw the, the scene. Okay. You, you were watching, you were looking at the RP accounts. You missed this? I was looking at Jay Leno's chin. I was writing. I wrote, imagine Jonathan Rhys Meyers writing yeah, you, a poem. No, thank you. And then I woke up. I oh. woke up. <laughs> oh my god, you and guys. And my next note just says hat. So- <laughs> <laughs> no, so he, he opens the door again because she, she's gone from the room. He opens the door. She's there like covering herself up. You see like one nipple. Looking at him kind of like, like very like Venus. Venus to Milo. No, she has no arms. Venus in the, like, okay, I, the birth of Venus. You know, she's like covering herself up. Like, in the shell. Like Aphrodite. In the shell. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Is that not Venus? Venus and Aphrodite are the same. Yes. One of them's oh. Roman, one of them's Greek. Don't worry. Um, we should have said Venus is the Holy Roman Empire. Yes. Yeah. And um, and so she's covering herself up, kind of, and then he wakes up in a cold sweat. I saw that. Yeah. Well, that's why he woke up in a cold sweat, because he had a wet dream about Anne Because <laughs> he nut. He had the sweating sickness for Anne Boleyn, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne. My penis was the sweating sickness. <laughs> That's his poetry. Holy shit. I need to tell my mom. I want to get the sweating sickness with you, if you, you know. Oh, okay, no. Jesus Christ, we completely forgot. Stop laughing. Henry also, because he's not only, he just, he's a bad husband. We're going to get into the fatherhood thing as well, but right now he's a bad husband. He, his wife tells him how devoted she is to him. She's like, I never slept with your brother when we were married. He was sick. Never happened. Not consummated. I swear I'm, I'm a loyal wife. The only person I've ever loved is you. I love you. He kisses her forehead very condescendingly, walks away, and then goes, picks, goes and picks out a blonde girl to sleep with. Then... We get a scene where Catherine's told your husband's not joining you in your bedchamber tonight as usual. And she's really sad about it. And then it cuts to a scene and you think it's going to cut to Henry, King Henry, sleeping with this blonde girl. And instead, it cuts to a completely different sex scene that none of us were ready for. Not a sex scene. (laughs) Not a sex scene. Naked, in bed scene, where a woman we've not seen yet. And we probably will never see again. We'll see. Topless. A much older woman. Much older than this blonde woman who Henry had picked out. Is slapping a man's <laughs> back and telling him that he's overworked. Basically punching him. Basically just back. punching his back. Like doing it. I mean, I know they didn't know anything about the human body back then, but like in no way could you think that's going to help him. Like that's a massage. It was just like <laughs> basically just like pounding on his back. And then it cuts and it's Sam Neill, Car- Cardinal Wolseley, is lying there with, I don't know if it's his wife or just like. I think it must be his wife because she no because she's invested in it. He not get married. He's a cardinal. Well, then who is it? She's invested in it though. It's not like a random his woman mistress. mistress. Okay, well either way, she's like seems to think that she's gonna get a lot out of this. Ellen's about to crinkle some stuff. Hold, she's hold about on. to eat on my. Pound the alarm. Um. Anyway, I this woman is all over the floor. this woman is somehow invested in his success because she's like telling him like don't give up like make this work for you. So I guess like maybe like a important mistress. Anyway, that's what I wrote down. I was like, can he be married? No. Okay. Absolutely not. So. Absolutely not. Okay. I just watched the two popes. Absolutely not. True. You know the okay. Mm, shit. What? I've already mentioned Henry V. <laughs> <laughs> there were two popes during Henry V's reign, right, and he helped solve it. He's the only good king of that era. Anyway, two popes at the same time. They're one? both claiming to be the pope. I know, he just made them make up. He was like, Come shut off. the fuck up. Hey, put them in the get along shirt. Cut them he did. <laughs> he did. He severed them both at the waist and stuck their bodies. One torso on one, one pope. body. Yeah. yeah, one pope. One pope. Anyway, pope. he fixed it. Um, and then, yeah, just... Very wild. Henry makes such a point of um, being, like, very loyal to the Catholic Church. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I wonder Gross. what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen. They keep mentioning this divorce thing that everyone's like, mm, is that allowed? I wonder what's going to happen. Is this allowed? Um, and then I think, oh, he wears a codpiece. Oh. Very <laughs> briefly, whenever he meets the, ki- the king of uh, whatever of Spain. Charles from Spain. Oh, he's the emperor. Yeah. Sorry, the emperor. The Holy Roman Emperor. 
the Holy Roman yes. Emperor with the fake chin, with the Habsburg chin, Henry comes down and he's wearing a codpiece. And in case you didn't know, a codpiece is like a little attachment men would wear over their crotch. And it's like to protect themselves in like jousting, sword fight, etc. Oh, no, but it would also just be like a functional piece of their clothing. Exactly. It was to protect themselves from medieval jackass. <laughs> <laughs> which is just jousting. And it doesn't work for Henry, which we might see in the show. Who knows? I know historically, Henry had some trouble with jousting, but we're going to... I thought you were going to say cod pieces don't work for Henry because his dick is too big. But famously, (laughs) Henry VIII made cod pieces like a fashion thing and would like have them made like big. And like bejeweled. He like wanted his to be like... The biggest. The thing you look at. And it was like, okay, we get it, Henry. You can't have kids, so you're making up for it. Make can sorry. You can't have sons, so you're making up for it by having a big old codpiece. Also, I just said he can't have sons. He literally had a son in episode two, <laughs> who was not acknowledged at all in this episode. He completely forgot he had a son. They they got him on the flashback. Yeah, the, the recap. You know what? I'm sure he'll come in and he'll be like five years old the next time yeah, we see him. Fine. Ellen's flailing her hand wild. Let's. I have a googly talk. Eye. What did you say? I'm missing all this stuff. I didn't see Anne Boleyn. I didn't see the cod piece. I'm so glad you're watching this along with me because I'm missing everything. This is why I need to watch the episode by myself and then again together because I'm too stupid to watch it just once. Okay. This high concept, uh, really <laughs> cerebral drama at the Tudors. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen's not dumb. She just needs glasses. 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 So... I think a big thing we did actually want to address was your theme of bad fatherhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry signs away his six-year-old to a 30-year-old disgusting man with the chin. Yeah. His nephew. Although I will say, for a man who is going to marry a child, um, very gross of him to agree to that, uh, he's not the creepiest he could have been. He's just like, hey, you gave me a horse. That's really nice. And I'm like, well, at least he didn't make some weird comment about Mm -hmm. sleeping with her. He gave her two very polite kisses on the cheek and said, we will have to wait to get married, but thank you for the horses. We will have to wait until you're 12. Yeah, which is insane. Although, okay, I was actually explaining to Maddie in the car. A lot of the time in like the War of the Roses era, so like, you know, not that long before this, uh... People would like Henry. Okay, so Henry the Seventh, Henry the Eighth's dad, Henry the Seventh. He was born to a twelve-year-old woman, and it was like taboo for her to have. So yeah, Mister Tudor, I forget his name, married Margaret Beaufort or something, mm-hmm. and she, people were like, "Well, yeah, okay, you can marry her. You can marry a twelve-year-old." But like, it was really, really weird for them to like consummated at all and he did it immediately because he wanted like a son who was kind of royal because the Tudors were kind of royal or not the Tudors the Beauforts and so he slept with her and impregnated her immediately and so Henry and Henry the seventh and his mom almost died in childbirth and the fact that they didn't is like insane and then the dude who slept with a 12 year old died so like great good anyway point being we, I think that even then it was kind of weird. it was weird. So I think I I don't know I don't know how the Tudors is going to handle. It. I'm sure they'll make it more scandalous than they have to because that's what this show is. But like I think at this time it's like you can get married when you're 12, but then you don't consummate it till you're like I don't know 15 or something, which is well, you know gross as well. But so I'm reading a book, How yeah. to Be a Tudor. Yeah, by Ruth Goodman. 
Cite your sources. One of my favorite historians. <laughs> yeah. She was talking about how, like, people have this, like, under- they think that, like, people in, like, olden days got married when they were, like, really, really, really yeah. young. But in the Tudor era, the, like, the average age for women to get married was 24 and men was 26. Yeah. So it's, like... It's just, like, people from high school. It's just... Well, my parents were that age. Like, Same. Yeah. It's just, like, it's not weird. And people are, like, no. oh, my God. Like, I know. They were, like, 15. Well, like, it's, like, weren't. in, like fantasy novels and fantasy shows they're always like oh no it's normal that this like 12 year old's getting married it's just how it was and it's like first of all you're writing fantasy you don't have to do it how it was because it's fantasy (laughs) second of all it wasn't like john king john notably bad king john so bad that anyone else no one else ever wants to be king john again um married a nine-year-old and everyone was like that's disgusting you're an awful person like i'm not saying i mean as we know there's a lot of pedophilia within the royal family and, but front of the pod, Jeffrey Epstein. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> We're pro Brexit. No, don't even. No, no, no. You, you know what? He's in that big old Ferrari in hell. <laughs> he is in hell. Yeah, Him and that. Prince Andrew as soon. As, well. Mm. He's keeping that spot open for Andrew Ray. The seven-seater <laughs> Ferrari in hell with JFK. And Jeffrey Epstein has a seat open for Prince Andrew. <laughs> anyway, we all know that there's a lot of horrible people in general and also within the royal family. But, like, it wasn't normal for men to marry children. Like, it wasn't. And so, like, I wonder how the show... I mean, I don't know. Maybe the show will kind of, like, forget. Well, the what, I Mary forget how history goes marries too. Prince... Philip right. of Spain. So they don't mm, So they don't get married. Right. I forgot that. I I know what happens with one marriage plot in this. I forgot that that's how that worked. And I always remember because his name is Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. Apparently and he, he did like, not like her. And he, but he was like very sexy. Yeah, she was like, "Oh great, I got the hot Spanish guy." And he was like, "Dai." She was like older than he was, yeah. but he was like young Spanish and sexy. Yeah. And she was weirdly religious. She was very Catholic. Yeah, she was so Catholic that like even the Catholic side of my family would be like, hey. But she was the she's first not, queen. She's not like a Toronto she was Catholic the first school queen. girl. Yeah, she wasn't like a Toronto Catholic school girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a friend in They're not, Catholic they're burning Protestants. <laughs> my friend from university who was a Toronto Catholic school girl won Catholic of the Year at her high school. <laughs> Isn't Catholic of the Year the Pope? And she was Catholic of the Year, and then she'd always lead our Easter prayer. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> And she was one of the heaviest drinkers I knew. I love her. Of course. Of course. Um, she was very You nice saying drinker. Catholic of the Year reminded me of that uh, former Vancouver Canucks goalie, Anders Nielsen, at the Swedish, like, I don't know, LGBT the Swedish sports e- awards? The Swedish they- equivalent of the GLAAD Awards. Yeah, but, like, I think for sports. Interesting. Yeah. He won hetero of the year. Hell yeah. Because he was such a good ally. He, like, wore, like, a little rainbow on his goalie mask and was, like, really outspoken about it. And, like, him and his wife were, like, very, like, very, you know, loud about how important it was that we were more accepting, especially within the hockey community. And then he won an award. I don't know what it was called in Swedish. Of the year. But the way it translated was hetero of the year. And I think it was the funniest thing ever. May we all aspire to be the hetero of the year, regardless of what we identify as. <laughs> What an honor. Oh, we got some airmail from my little brother who says, uh, is Wuthering Heights the best scene in the trip? Yes. Okay. (laughs) The trip to Greece. Oh, the trip to Greece is coming out. 
We still the trip, here we go Spain. again. We've only seen the trip to Italy. We haven't seen the trip to Spain. And the, we've seen the trip. The trip. And the trip, obviously. We've never mm-hmm. seen the TV show. No, I don't think we need to watch the TV no, show. No, just the movies. But yeah. I'm excited for us to watch the trip to Spain so we can watch the trip to Greece because you know that they're... Oh. The, the continually... Continu- yeah. Continuity. Continuity. Thank you, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. We're um, miss it. We're going to miss details. The other bad father moment in this is um, Anne Boleyn's dad, Thomas. Yeah. He, like, really wants his daughter to sleep with the king, which, like, weird in itself, but sometimes the way he talks about it, oh, my God. What he's was like, the one thing he said? Uh, he's like, oh, I really hope he's, like, thinking about looking at Anne naked. And yeah. I'm like, uh. Yeah, this, okay, that's why you guys don't, it, it makes sense that you guys didn't react to that line as much as I thought I would. You guys reacted a little bit because Henry had just thought about Anne naked. And then Thomas is like, I hope he's dreaming about her naked. And I'm like, yeah, he literally is. They put that in the so show. in our mind, it was a weird line. And in your mind, he's a sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Casting he's a, visions into Henry's brain. Horrible father, but he also is so talented. Powerful wizard. Wow. Merlin this is actually Hill. like a fi- fantasy show. This is The Witcher. This is The Witcher. Stop. Henry Cavill, this is like his origin story. And then at one point he gets a bleach job. And Bleach more invented. Hair. <laughs> and more hair. Can I talk about my favorite outfit? Yeah, Ellen, you can talk about whatever you want. We've talked about literally everything other than this Me show. Me holding it the entire time. Like, what is your favorite outfit? So my favorite outfit, and Maddie will be happy, is the brown ensemble that Henry Cavill is wearing at the beginning. He's oh. wearing like a monochrome brown doublet matching big ol' shorts and tights. And the shoulders have like cutouts in them uh, with like navy blue like silk. Yeah, coming he looked them. super good. Very brown. I love that the tights weren't historically accurate because they were so tight. And I'm just like, it was so good. The brown was just like, so, like it really took me out of the fantasy because I don't think that shade of brown like existed because it's not a natural looking brown. Yeah, that's actually really true. It looked like a theater program's costume department. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I loved it, and it was yeah. Oh, it had the big sleeves with the the cutouts with yeah. the, the. And this is when he's made yeah. a duke. This one he's yeah. on horseback. Yeah, yeah. and he's good. like, "Well, you're gonna trust me to bring a pretty girl to her husband." And Henry the Eighth is like, "That's my sister." And I'm like, "Huh?" You're like, "Oh boy." Huh. Yeah. Road trip. Road trip. The trip. The trip. <laughs> the trip to I don't know where did she go. Portugal. Come, come, Mister Bond. Come, come, Mister Bond. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Come, come, Anne Boleyn. Because they say their names the same way. Anne, Anne Boleyn. James, James Bond. Come, come, Anne Boleyn. <laughs> when I divorce my wife, I divorce her for king and country. <laughs> if you haven't seen the trip, stop this, watch the trip, and then listen, and you'll think we're kind of funny. <laughs> and much like Steve Coogan, Charles Brandon is going to sleep with women all the way there. Hell yeah, and much, and much like, like Steve Coogan, or much like Charles Brandon, Grania thinks Steve Coogan is very sexy. Yeah, I'll say it. You guys haven't seen Philomena. No, but the thing That's is, your reference point. What is it going to be, Alan Partridge? A movie where he's nice with Judy Dench, sex icon. You guys haven't seen it. What was he going to say about Steve Coogan? The sexiest thing about Steve Coogan is in the trip to Italy when they keep talking about Lord Byron. Yeah, that was really, really hot. <laughs> that was really, really cool. Um, I hope that, like Rob Brydon, uh, 
Mary Tudor on this trip that she's going on with Charles Brandon just exclusively eats scallops. <laughs> and they sing Wuthering Heights. <laughs> they invent Wuthering Heights. That's the new, that's green sleeves of its time. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. It has that kind of vibe. Does green sleeves have lyrics? I have no I idea. Think it does. Can I? Oh, oh! Okay. Thing that we absolutely have to cover. Friend of the pod. Her name is Judy. She's a very smart hockey person who is also my friend. She works for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh my God, I'm doxing her. <laughs> anyway, very smart. Greensleeves has lyrics. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Judy. <laughs> so can you read the first stanza of lyrics and then yeah. I'm going to get to what Judy sent me as a thing to talk okay. about on this podcast. Um, okay, these are, they say these are the lyrics. Google. Out on the wild in Windy Moors. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry, I want more information before I actually... Okay, so when you Google Greensleeve lyrics, these are the lyrics that come up. This isn't Ellen being stupid, this is what Google suggests. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously, and I have loved oh so long delight in your company. Greensleeves was my delight, Greensleeves my heart of gold, Greensleeves my heart of joy, and who but my lady Greensleeves. And who does it say it's by? Lorena McKennett. I think it's translated. Green sleeves. <laughs> okay. Can I play? Oh, there's the melody. Mm. Play the Medical melody. interpretation. Okay. Possible to do Lady Green Sleeves was a promiscuous young woman, perhaps even a prostitute. At the time, oh we green had sexual connotations. Um, huh. So Imagine seeing are- the color red and being like, not as sexy as green. Mm. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Christmas and New Year's Eve talks were associated. Means stop dreaming, go. Fuck yeah! Wow, we need to get back to that. <laughs> oh, the song "What Child Is This" is sung to the tune of Greensleeves, kind of. Yeah, huh. the official lyrics. Okay, so Greensleeves is just a song. It's an English folk song, and the lyrics about an incredibly sexy. Woman. And why did people associate with Henry VIII? Was it? Wait, wasn't it written after him? I didn't read the entire Wikipedia. Okay, well, it's associated with him, and I don't know why. Okay. We'll no, the thing about the Greensleeves. Greensleeves is a, a traditional folk song, English folk song, and the lyrics vary based on okay. region, probably. Cool. Yeah. Because it was part of the probably... It's like, I'll tell me ma. Okay. She's either the, the belle of Belfast City, or if you're wrong, it's Dublin City. Mm. Because it was written for our, whatever okay i'm going to tell you right now ellen did you know that there is a musical this is via judy and i just want to thank her for bringing this to my attention a musical set in modern london about the six wives of henry the eighth i did know okay. about this i think my mom told me about okay it. right it's called six and they all like chat it's very modern they're all friends it's supposed to be very fun i don't know i've never well, seen it book your tickets we're going to london we yeah, so they're all, like, gal pals, and they're like, oh my god, our ex sucks. And it's like, he sure does. They all same girl each other, like the R. Kelly. Yeah, they're all, like, they're texting like- on... Ex- no, I don't know if that... That's when the license plate says Angel tattoo on her ankle, and they're like, oh my god, we're all talking about Henry VIII. Okay, did you guys notice uh, Anne Boleyn had a temporary tattoo on her face? Yeah, yes. I And it wasn't, like, even... It didn't even look like... She had, like, rave jewels. It wasn't like they were pretending that it was, like... Like, someone had, like, put a bit of, like, eyeliner or, like, ink on her face. It was, like, that's just a temporary tattoo. It's, like, she'd just gone to Claire's and be, yeah. like, mm, my little heart. I said milk makeup tattoo stamp. <laughs> <laughs> we were going in different directions there. So, anyway, 
important thing about this musical is that some of the songs from it have become TikTok trends. <gasps> so I'm just going to play the very beginning of a compilation. This is one of the tri- one of the six. Keep it like like there's good. TikTok so- one of the songs from t- from six that has become a TikTok trend. Okay. My nice guy. I'll think about it maybe. XO baby. Here we go. You sent him his I didn't know I would move in with his missus. What? Give a lie. Like, what was I meant to do? I don't think we need to, we don't need to listen to that again. But yeah, so it's these girls on TikTok who are acting as if they're, I think, Anne Boleyn. I think, yeah, because she becomes a lady-in-waiting of Catherine of Aragon, so she moved in with his wife. And so in the modern London, I guess she's like her roommate or her nanny or something. And, um... Wow. XO, baby. I hate that. Yeah. So I'm sure, I don't know, I don't know anything about musicals, as we know, Maddie and Ella kept saying musical names, because we saw cats in theaters, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then they were naming musicals that were good, and I was either, that's bad, or I didn't know that was musicals. I don't know anything about musicals. Maybe within the context of a musical, that's, like, kind of fun, but, like, the little clip on TikTok is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of these girls are, like, holding lollipops. I think the issue is that TikTok is something else. Yeah, it's either the funniest thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. Mm. Someone, For every Adele, someone like you, gummy, bears. gummy bear meme, uh, there's about 800,000 Overwatch, uh, I'm already Genji, Genji bullshit. No, the best you see the one of the pro- at the prom where like yeah, the, scream back the, the school like planned a whole thing. It was like the entire school or the entire prom was doing like the Overwatch TikTok. No, the best one is why did oh, girls yeah, like bad fuck. guys? Yeah. That's literally Henry the Eighth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, we need to make an edit of that. I'll make an edit of that. I, I have a lot of time in Photoshop on my hand. Photoshop, Adobe uh, Premiere. Oh. You gotta flex that Creative Cloud subscription. I know, I gotta use all of them. <laughs> anyway, that's the beginning of our playlist of songs about Henry VIII. Yeah, so we're gonna have a playlist for this. Uh, we'll have some version of Greensleeves, because apparently it's connected to him. We'll figure out why. Um, the Sorry. entire six soundtrack. Uh, why do good girls like bad guys? <laughs> uh, and maybe Wuthering Heights. Yeah, because apparently... We'll yeah, talk about well, this and Exactly, and Charles Brandon and Mary Tudor are gonna sing... Wuthering Heights and The Winner Takes It All by ABBA and they're gonna do a lot of Michael Caine impressions they're gonna go on the trip to Portugal it's gonna be really fun eat a lot of scallops eat a lot of scallops and Charles Brandon's gonna sleep with a lot of women yeah he'll go to different like inns as he should hey can you show me to my room what if we slept together and they'll be like yeah you're just as sexy as Steve Coogan (laughs) oh there's only one bed (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Oh. That's the trip to Greece where him and uh, Rob have to share a bed. Yeah. Oh. Finally, we'll get we'll get our end game. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say? Oh boy, I think we've we've taught we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we've covered a lot of ground. So that's episode three. That's episode three. I'm really excited to find out what happens next week. Um. How are we doing on our predictions? Oh yeah, what were our predictions? I don't have uh, I don't have mine anymore. They, I don't think they've called anyone a whore. No one's been called a whore, you're right. Um Was it you who said that you don't think him and Catherine will ever kiss on the lips? They will never kiss on the lips. Because I think that's a very good prediction. I think that's very true. Um, um mm, I said there's gonna be a threesome in the first episode, which they were not. No, no threesomes yet. Oh, and no one's had a dress 
like physically ripped off her. Uh, yeah. That yeah. will yeah. happen. Yeah. I'm almost positive yeah. that'll happen. And we've had no man on man romances. Yet. Yeah, we no, no gay romances. And you guys yet. haven't had a friendship ending fight yet. <laughs> Yeah. That yeah. was the other prediction. <laughs> I made fun of you not being able to type. Maybe that's it. <laughs> oh, it might be. <laughs> might have to might stop this recording <laughs> and have that friendship ending fight. It's fine. Maybe. I, get enough, I get enough of it at work. <laughs> maybe we'll see you for episode four. Maybe not. Depends if we're still friends. We're good. Okay. All Thank is you. forgiven. All is forgiven. Also, uh, my personal update on the predictions... They haven't shown the Pope Cat yet. Yeah, where's but, the Pope Cat? Oh, yeah! But, as <laughs> Rania is... said earlier, we went and saw cats. And what we like to do when we see movie theaters <laughs> is sit through the credits and laugh at people who have unfortunate sounding names. Or every now and then there'll be a Grania who worked on something and I get really excited. Yeah, that's really fun for Grania. Grania representation in media. <laughs> but... So after watching Cats and being in that mind space post-Cats of just bewilderment, we're watching the credits and a name scrolls by on its own line across and I just point at the screen and say quietly, Cat Pope. And there is... A woman named Cat Pope worked in the editorial department for Cats. Yeah. We have found the Pope Cat. Yeah. She we are hoping to have her on <laughs> to talk about the Pope Cat from the Tudors that has not been addressed yet. I think it might only happen whenever Anne Boleyn is queen. Maybe he'll give it to her as a courting gift. That's a poem to him. Cat Pope. All right, listeners, if you know Cat Pope, who worked on cats in the editorial department, put her in touch with us. <laughs> Can I just send us a DM? Send, send us some airmail. Cat Pope. I'm going to follow Cat Pope if I can find her on Twitter from the... Belen Girls um, Twitter account. Is there any? We have one more thing that we want to talk about this episode, but maybe we have to save it till next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Uh, I guess we wrap up with where you can find us. So you can find the podcast. Yes. On Twitter, at two Belen Girls. That's the number two Belen Girls. We are accepting uh, comments, questions, air mail, air mail, air. It Air, can be comma, about mail. things that aren't the trip. Yeah. It can be about anything. Prefer if it's about the tutors, but like it could be about any cats. Actually, don't talk to me about cats. It could be about cats. It could be about the trip. It could be about the tutors. Actually, it can only be about cats or the trip. <laughs> if you have any thoughts on Steve Coogan, if you agree with me and think that Steve Coogan is sexy, please tweet us or email, email us at additionalbalens at gmail.com. Um, we don't have an Instagram for now. We'll see on that we'll one. We'll see. We'll see on that one. Where can we find you guys? Oh on my Twitter? god! Uh, so you can find me at Lely Blah L E L L Y on Twitter and every social media platform. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Holgranya. If you don't know how to spell it, go to the description of our podcast for my name. That's it. Great work, guys. Bye.